and weird ah first solo video episode first full-length video episode that will be on the podcast and of course as i hit record my dog started playing with her like scrunchy toys so if you hear the scrunches i apologize anyways so we are here and i'm opening up my notes because i wrote so many notes for this episode <laughs> okay so this episode is about actually wait before i get into the episode i need to i need to make an announcement um okay so i have been running the voice clip before episodes about the new patreon um like tiers and how of course the squeaky toy now um, and what they are and what you'll get in them. So um, if you have the second or above tier, you get a quarterly box that has exclusive stuff in it that I designed. Like, it's just for that box. It's not, um, it's not something that will be on the website for purchase because there is um, a t-shirt on the website currently and two stickers um in different colors but um this stuff that comes in the quarterly box will not be on the website available for purchase at any time um it's not going to be like oh if you don't buy it then like later it'll be on there so i just wanted to make that clear that um if you did want access to the first quarterly boxes that will be going out at the beginning of june um you would have to subscribe to the patreon by may 25th um and each tier you get more stuff so the small one will just be like stickers a handwritten note some crystals um if you do the medium one you would get something like a a journal that would be like personalized like it would have like a design on it um you would get you know other stuff from the below tier like stickers crystals handwritten note you could get like a hat um, that would be embroidered with something on it that I design. Um, and then if you get the large one, you'd get all that kind of stuff plus like clothes, right? So t-shirts, um, bralettes, joggers, things like that. So, and um, products that I make from my occult accoutrements apothecary shop. So if you were at all interested, I posted a teaser on Instagram story and I'll be making a real post on our Instagram so you can see um, like a full post, what would be included and then you can join. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to send out the first one. I'm going to be ordering stuff for myself. So I'll be wearing my own merchandise um, soon enough, right? So now that that's out of the way, Let's get into the proper episode. So this episode is about how to properly alchemize your like shadow work, your healing, your growth, your trauma, right? So I have kind of 
observed as a three line in human design, right? <laughs> I've observed this huge pattern of people understanding, addressing, becoming aware of, even diving into their trauma, their fears, their manifestations, their areas for growth, etc., without understanding how to fully alchemize their discoveries or their intentions um, into a new place that they want to move into, right? And so I wanted to define alchemy because I will kind of be like referring to it a lot in this episode. Um, And I use it often in my work anyways. So alchemy is kind of like this precursor science to chemistry. (laughs) So um, the idea is that you're taking one or more elements like metals and things like that and fusing them together through the process of alchemy to create a new thing. And historically, what people wanted to create was like gold or elixirs, like the fountain of youth, like immortality and things like that. Um, And kind of like for the sake of this episode and how we're using like modern alchemy, right? Like we're not doing that. We're not, I mean, metaphorically, right? You're turning things into gold if you're taking your trauma and making it into something purposeful for you or making it into something empowering for you, right? But um, what I'm really talking about uh, metaphorically for alchemy is basically like taking our trauma, our past experiences, pairing them with coping mechanisms, new skills, empowerment, new ideas, um, or in a lot of people's cases, other practitioners' knowledge, other practitioners' insights, therapists' insight, right? Um, Because we often don't have that other piece of the coping mechanisms or the skills or just the emotional support to get from this part and this part together to make a new part, right? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And then it seems that a lot of us kind of get stuck here in either figuring out the trauma part or you understand some of the coping mechanisms, but you're not understanding how to do the actual process of the alchemy um, where we put these together to create a new output, right? Um, And again, this whole thing is things I've observed, things I'm going to be using myself as an example. So I'm not saying like, you don't understand this and I do. What I'm saying more so is like, this is really common thing. And I'm calling out this like broken system, this broken process, very 3-5 of me, right? Very human design 3-5. I'm calling out this broken system that I have experienced myself and I'm trying to unlearn from myself. And that's what I do in my practices. I help people through this alchemy process, through this process of taking things and fixing them, transforming them, whatever insert, whatever word is your intention. So for the sake of this episode, like I said, I'm going to be using personal examples because that's obviously going to be the easiest, right? I can point the finger at myself. (laughs) I have permission. I've given myself permission to do so. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's kind of like where I'm going to be pulling from. And 
that hopefully will create because I, I was starting to write this and I, I like using examples because I think it makes it a little easier to understand the concepts. So um, let me scroll down in my notes. Yeah, and, and a lot of this has been coming up because we're in Mercury in retrograde right now and we just had the eclipse. So these are like themes that are going to be coming up a lot for people currently, right? Like they're going to be seeing things or patterns that maybe are being called to be healed. Um, maybe we've been struggling to heal them. That's kind of like some stuff that's been coming up for me lately. Um, and then we had like last week's episode with P the Fairy. And they were um, talking a bit about some of this. So I would definitely say that P the Fairy, um, her timeline jumping is one tool, one way that we can alchemize these things. But I know that sometimes for trauma, it's hard to say, I'm here. This is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. And I'm just going to jump through there. Sometimes it's harder with trauma. It's um, trauma stored in our body. And to tell our body, just go there. is really, it's really hard. Um, so that's why I'm kind of doing this episode because it's what's been coming up for me. It's what's been weighing on me. Um, and I think it's a good like bookend piece to the previous week's episode. Okay. So where are we going with this? Yes. So I've recognized and observed this growing trend in the spirituality and witchy spaces that has been starting to leak into like other communities, other spaces and the internet um, where people are starting to prioritize their growth. Um, they're prioritizing trauma healing, ancestral healing even, right? Like anti-capitalist, decolonial healing, um, which is great, right? Like none of that is bad. <laughs> but this healing, at least in the spiritual and witchy communities, that the way I've seen a lot of people do it is through shadow work. And shadow work is this idea that we're going to be accessing the unconscious parts of our mind, our shadow in um, like Freudian, um, Jungian theories and things like that um, in like psychological theories. So what we're doing is we're accessing a part, we're attempting to access an unconscious part of our mind that houses a deeper program about the world, life, um, our fears, parts of our being that have been labeled as like dark or scary or evil, um, things that our ego generally doesn't want us to even look at or access at all. We talked about that, right, in the Removing the Fear from Fear episode. Um, and because they bring up shame, guilt, pain, etc. you name it, right? It's things we don't want to experience, sensations we don't want to experience. So, there's almost, but what I've seen is that there's almost this like undercurrent or unspoken, I don't know, like unspoken rule or declaration that if you don't do shadow work, that you're not going to advance in life and that you're not actually a good witch. And while there is definitely like merit or 
reasoning as to why people say that, right? They're like, you can't just have all the fun parts of witchcraft. You can't just be a healer without addressing your shadow, without addressing pieces of you that feel uncomfortable, right? Like you can't grow without addressing that. That's true. But what I feel like is like people kind of imply or straight out say this and the people who say this, they, oh my gosh, my phone. Let me turn off my... And the people who say this, they don't provide a framework to you for how to actually do that. They're kind of like, like I think of like coaches and stuff who are like, yeah, so the way that I built my business is by doing my shadow work. And then they they don't like share. How, how, how did you do your shadow work? They're like, I encourage you to do shadow work around this. And so there's this kind of pressure, at least I experienced this, this pressure where we're understanding, yes, I need to do shadow work, some form of healing to move forward in life. But I don't know where to start or how to do that. And I'm in a hurry to fix these things because I want my life to be amazing and beautiful and, you know, like rainbows and lollipops and stuff like that right away, because that's a human impulse is to have things right away. And so we just like jump into the shadow work without a good framework or point of reference to even start of like, who should we follow? Who should we learn from? And when we do kind of, I've seen this a lot, like a lot of people who are like, this is what I've used. Like, here are these books that I've used to, um, to do my shadow work that have helped me in my journey. It's usually these like self new age self-help books that are written by people who aren't trauma informed, number one, and they're all into like spiritual bypassing, cultural appropriation. They're usually white people, um, older, like white people who are like billionaires or something like that. And it's like, this is how I like law of attraction, right? Like the secret type stuff, which that stuff is good. Like you can take parts from these things if it if it feels good to you if it empowers you but a lot of those books don't address like what if you're BIPOC what if you're queer what if you grow up in a poor household um what if you deal with x y and z like there's nothing around that there's nothing around trauma like what if I experience the deep trauma around this belief um and that can lead us to then feeling like there's something wrong with us because we can't do that or we struggle to do that we're having whatever really tough time working through that and then we're kind of like okay so I'm just fucked (laughs) so that's kind of what I feel like why people get stuck in not being able to process their shadow oh so then many people get to the point where they're able to access their shadow through advanced like methods of divination, especially in the spirituality and witchcraft worlds, right? Like we learn how to do psychic uh, mediumship. We learn how to read tarot, to cast lots, to use our pendulum. Um, and so we're like, yes, yes, I've, I can quickly access my shadow. I can quickly ask spirit what needs to be healed. But then we don't, we're not ready for that next part. Like, what do I do then? Like, how do I heal it? Well, I haven't learned the skills for that yet, or I'm not ready to face that truth. That's really intense for me right now. Maybe it's not ready to be let go, right? Like 
maybe I'm still living with this person who's causing me intense trauma. So how do I like heal from it while I'm still in the situation? Um, and also just like the stuff is in general, like really hard to do on your own, which is why I offer this kind of like healing um, mentorship and like space holding because um, I believe it happens like with community and community, right? So this is kind of, I'm pointing this out because this actually happened to me when I was first on my spiritual journey or like awakening or whatever you want to call it, started it. So I'm going to use this example to kind of like explain a little bit further what I mean. Um, So something I ran into early on in my spiritual journey was like this whole process where it's like I was super eager to connect to myself more deeply and discover truths about myself that were like hiding or laying dormant because I was learning from these mentors that were making like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they were living the life of their dreams and they were telling me like you need to do the work in order to get to where I am. And they weren't really putting those asterisks, right? That like they were much older than me. They had spent a lot more of their journey to get to where I was. And I was trying to get to where they were 10 years earlier. And I wasn't being reminded by them or having that part acknowledged or pointed out for me that like there's certain things that I need to work through first. And some of these things take time that like the point of working with a mentor, they like, say to you um that by choosing to work with somebody else you can quickly or more quickly work through this and not have to struggle like how they did for 10 plus years or whatever and that part is true but i was like okay i gotta go from just starting my business to making 10k a month like that would be amazing right wouldn't all my problems be solved if that was the case And so I was like, I really want to get a jumpstart on this shadow work process. I really want to get a jumpstart on like, let's knock all this shit off a list so that I could be not fully healed because I know that healing, even then I knew that healing was a lifelong process, but more so so that I could be in a better place. Like I could give myself a really big jolt forward. So I started doing that. I started using divination to access using prompts to access for shadow work, but I wasn't like prepared to hold space for some of the intense traumas that I experienced in the past that led to these aspects of my trauma or of myself being suppressed, right? So what I ended up doing was basically like recalling the traumatic experience and that I was like avoiding for so many years, recalling that into my body to be re-experienced in my nervous system because even though we're not like physically in that memory again like having that person be there or that thing or whatever it is our body still re-experiences all of these emotions as if they're like actually playing out in front of us and I didn't know that at the time right like I had no idea um that this was a thing so I was just kind of re-experiencing the trauma but from a slightly different perspective because yes I was older yes I had some new coping mechanisms yes I had some more empowerment than when it first happened to me but I wasn't equipped with the skills to hold space for myself I didn't even know what the word trauma informed was and so I was just there re-experiencing it being upset um and and like feeling raw and and all of these sensations so 
kind of in a sense of what I was doing was opening, like taking a box off of a shelf where it was being stored in my body, opening it, letting it all spill out of the box, like feeling it, experiencing it, putting it back in the box and putting it back on the shelf. So I really wasn't making much progress because I wasn't like doing one of the options of like dissolving the box before it's even opened, repurposing the contents of the box into something that I want it to be, um, transforming them, right? Or just like getting rid of them. I wasn't doing any of that. I was just, maybe at minimum, I was like allowing myself to express emotions when I didn't. Um, I was understanding a little bit more what happened to me, maybe putting some more words to what happened to me, but I wasn't like going any further with that, right? And so that thing, that trauma was still sitting in my body. I wasn't removing the trauma. I wasn't actually doing the full shadow work of learning and shifting to a new reality, shifting to a new place. I was kind of just like there soaking in it like a tea bag. (laughs) And then the tea bag, when you pull it out after tea, it's like gross and like wet. And like, that's kind of how I felt. (laughs) Um, That's kind of what was going on for me. So um, this can, you know, be applied to more than just healing trauma So another example that has been coming up more recently is wanting to move from one place to a new place or energy in my life. And this is the one that we can use that tool with the timeline jumping that we learned from P the fairy last week. Um, I'm going to provide some other examples as well. But basically for me, I wanted to move from this ideology that I would wouldn't be able to have financial stability in this lifetime. And I wanted to move that to my current goal, which is like to have consistent 5k months in my business or just having money come from somewhere. (laughs) And so this was something that I now realized that I was struggling with for my whole life because this idea of not being stable happened when I grew up because our family was not financially stable on our own. And I have wanted this financial goal to meet this financial goal for about a year now. And it's not like there yet at all. So I basically would bounce back and forth from trying all these like manifestation rituals and like witchcraft rituals to bring in more money. And then feeling very anxious all the time still, feeling very overwhelmed all the time still, and being upset when that stuff didn't come to fruition. And I didn't realize at the time, like when I first had this goal come up, that it is stemming from the idea of stability, which is something more deeply rooted in my life and my childhood, right? That it's more than just one straight line. It's a web of things. So... I, I'm going to take some, a drink of water. I feel like my mouth is more thirsty being on video. I don't know how that makes sense, but it does. 
Oh, and my dog is like staring at me. Okay, so I knew now where it came from and where I wanted to go. And I didn't recognize that I was still repeating a lot of the same choices and mindset patterns and emotional spirals or avoidances that I had done my entire life that I had learned instead of trying to change the daily actions, change the decisions, change where my motivation was coming from as opposed to like out of fear or anxiety or scarcity um, into to help me get into this new reality, right? I was still making decisions based on the old me, the old patterns. So my guides kind of reminded me of this during the retrograde and the eclipse and then with the episode with P the fairy, it, it kind of like drove that point a little farther home. And I, I'm trying to read my notes. They kind of reminded me that I need to come to terms with that version of me and how they operated and what they did and kind of give them a closure point. And for me, I'm very extra and I love horror and like all of this stuff. So for me, that's like a funeral, like a, a funeral is a beautiful ritual of like ending a cycle of ending. Right. Or in like people use it for ego death or things like that. Right. So it's a death. It's a symbolic death. Um, and I work really well with death. So, um, this, this is kind of like some, the like new thing that you can embody too, right? That you can employ that like, especially if it's tied to a trauma or a really deep seated belief, looking back at that past you, that past self, that past pattern and the effects of that past trauma that are still here, that are still being perpetuated that are still being enforced that are still being able to run (laughs) i always i've talked about this before in the podcast but i always look at it as like a program like when you're programming uh software because i went to college for that so it's kind of like you you code in like a thing like if this happens then play out this rule or scenario right like If I press the Z key, put the Z letter on the screen. So I kind of see it as like that, where it's like this pattern, this program is running perpetually. There's no like end point. So we often still have all these programs like in our coding running and running and running. Like if you look at your bank account, then have anxiety. (laughs) If you need to make a purchase over $100, then have anxiety. Like all of these things, obviously it's like deeper stuff too, but that kind of stuff was like running in my programming. But then at the same time, I was trying to say, if you um, think about money, feel amazing, right? Like if you make a decision in your business, it's going to be like something based out of joy. But I would still have all these other older programs running that's like, if you're making a decision in your business, make it out of scarcity, right? So I'm oversimplifying, obviously, for the point of story. But this kind of like pattern is still there running and we don't 
we're not aware of it or we don't address it. And then we just say, but I made this new pattern. I made this new idea that I want to do, but that's in your mind. That's in your logical brain. And your trauma is not stored in your mind. It's stored in your body. And so if we're not working to incorporate our body and the sensations that we feel and where it's being stored, because that's literally like the key to your healing journey, then we're not like, we're not going to make that progress that we want to by just saying, I want this to happen. And maybe like for me doing a ritual one time, (laughs) Um, I'm just laughing at myself because like the fact that I thought that it would solve all my problems um, is like mind blowing to me. And yeah, so let me look at my notes. I had somewhere that I was going from this. So it's hard to move. So with last week, P was talking about timeline jumping and how we can assess where we currently are and where we want to be and like over there, right? So sometimes we're not even in the present. We're not even living in the present. Like if we're dealing specifically with trauma being held in our body, we can be stuck in the past. That's why I keep talking about like I was living out these past rules that I had made that I had never readdressed or redefined or gotten rid of and updated. And so it's hard for me to even get to the future because I'm not even in the present. Like I first need to move my body into the present to be comfortable with the present, to be comfortable with shifting into a new era, a new pattern, um, whatever word choice fits for you so that I can actually be living in the present and not still be living based off of my past trauma and the rules or experiences that I learned because of it or I created because of it. And then once I'm in the present, then I can move into the future because once I'm fully present and aware of all my things that are going on and I have done something to shift the past stuff, I can now put all my attention and energy, right? Because my body is not spending all this attention and energy on housing my trauma, on reliving my trauma, on being re-triggered, on avoiding my trauma, right? Maintaining. That's why so many of us get hurt so easily in our body. We have, you know, like I always feel it's like I'm right here at the edge. And if one thing happens, I'm just going to like bubble over everything because we're spending so much of our time and energy maintaining just like regular status of living um, through holding on to all this trauma in our body that when one thing happens, it's like tipping tipping over the scale, right? And then it just spills out because there's only so much you can do. Your body can sustain. (laughs) Um, Anyways, that's like a pattern that I used to have very, very strongly. Now it's not so strong, but still sometimes there. So what do you do? Like, what do you, how can you alchemize these pieces? So I have written out, like, is it eight or nine? Eight steps on what we can do to actually move past that stage of just I'm journaling and I'm, I'm drawing tarot cards to understand my shadow um, or understand my trauma, but I'm not feeling like it's being like, that doesn't solve. Right. Like I always think about that saying the GI Joe knowing is half the battle. It is like knowing is a huge step. Acknowledging is a huge step. Creating words towards it is a huge step. They're all part of this eight steps. (laughs) Um, But it is not the final. It's just part of it. And then that's why I'm talking about this, right? 
Okay, so step one, gathering info as much as you can about what thing you want to change in your life. Um, Sometimes it can just be a feeling because our memories can be hidden for survival if they're extremely traumatic. So gathering as much information as you can baseline. What's going on? And then step two, what do you want to change? You know, this thing is affecting me. This thing is bothering me. I would love for it to be this instead. Um, How you want to feel like, what do you want it to look like? Like for me, it was like, I'm living in the idea that I can never have financial stability. How do I want that to change? I want to have financial stability in the form of at least this much money a month so that I could pay off all my bills and live the lifestyle I want, et cetera, et cetera doesn't have to be super detailed if it's like a feeling, right? It's like, I want to go from feeling financially unstable to feeling financially stable. What does stability feel like for me, right? So that's that's kind of like getting as much information as you can is good because some people are like, okay, I want to be financially stable. It's like, what does that feel like? Let's get really visceral, especially when we're talking about trauma in the body Feelings, 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 feelings. I cannot say it enough. Feelings is the most important thing, right? Like even in last week's episode, he was like, what do you want to feel? Where do you want to get? How do you want to get there, right? Or not how, but like, where do you want to go to? Um, Feelings in your body. That is trauma is stored in your body. So feelings are going to be the most important thing, the hopefully the easiest thing to access. Sometimes it's not super easy to access for people and that's okay, right? But if you can try and get drop into your body as much as possible, as much feels safe for you and get those feelings. Like what does stability feel like for me? Maybe I've never experienced that in my life. What do I, what do I think intuitively stability feels like? What is a moment in my life where I felt stable? Um, Trying to get all of those as much information as possible. Step three is to meet yourself where you're at. So being realistic about what's going on and where you want to go. So this is kind of like the part that a lot of people skip that I skip where it's like, oh yeah, I can just do a ritual and I'll get there. And that week after week didn't happen, right? So being honest about where you're at can mean if it feels, if your feelings feel insurmountable, maybe we need to seek out a professional, a practitioner, a therapist, etc., that can help us. Um, being as honest as possible about, like, I had um, learned hyper independence from my childhood and from my trauma and stuff. So I had this aversion to asking for help, for letting other people know what was going on, and that made it harder for me to heal because I didn't have all the information, which most people don't, and that's okay. Um, So yeah, do I need outside support? Um, And even being like real with yourself with like, what's my financial situation? Maybe I can't afford to seek this support right now from or where can I seek support, right? Like I can't afford this, but maybe I can Google a bunch of free resources. Maybe I can rent a book from the library um, and and being realistic about, okay, 
So I know that I, I have a hard time reaching out to people for help or I financially can't sustain this right now. So it's going to take me a little bit longer. So understanding that we'll talk about the plan a little bit later in the steps, but understanding that your journey might be slower based off of real human things that are going on in your life because, and I know like it might sound like what the fuck, (laughs) like why is this a thing? But I think that because we're always in a hurry to have things done immediately, we can get discouraged when we hear it's going to take longer. And so we might not step up to the plate and we might not do that. And we maybe will convince ourselves that we can do it on our own really slowly when maybe we just put it on pause until we can do it with somebody else. Like just being realistic about the options and what you want to choose and what's available to you and avenues that you can seek help. Um, yeah. That's why gathering as much information as possible is important. So um, step four would be to, and I just want to say before we move to step four, like there's tons of resources. I think thinking outside of the box for the nomenclature to use when you're Googling, right? Like, so many of us think like shadow work and we're like Googling and like some white lady, which blog comes up um, that I wouldn't trust (laughs) for various reasons. Um, But maybe we can change it to like, what's trauma informed? Like, what are some ways to support people who've gone through trauma? what is trauma-informed healing? What are like trauma-informed principles? And then we can find, you know, articles with tons of free information from psychologists or therapists who I would trust more um, because they've studied it versus like, I don't know. I know it's like, it sounds, for me, I know it's like ridiculous because I'm like some witch white lady and I'm like, that's, I'm not a lady, but I'm white. So I get it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm more so thinking about like the girl boss people who are like, just solve all your problems. And then there's no trauma informed stuff. But anyways, um, before I go off on like a huge tangent. Um, so yeah, so you can Google like resources like that and gain more information slowly about how to support yourself, about terminology even to empower yourself so you can um, like call, you know, claim these things that actually happen to you. There's tons of other resources. Um, so I just want to put that out there. So step four is to acknowledge that it's important not to speed through all this stuff just because you want to heal. (laughs) I'm literally putting this as a step because the human condition, the societal programming around everything being instantaneous is really strong. So, um, yeah, acknowledge that when we're healing with our body, when we're healing trauma, our body needs to be included in the work. I know I've said this like a bajillion times, but like, this is really important stuff. And so if we're not already building a relationship with our body, that can be somewhere that we can start. That is stuff that there's resources on it as well. How can we start speaking to our body How can we start communicating with it? How can we start listening to it? How can we start validating it? How can we um, 
like change the way we speak to it? How can we shift the behaviors that we exhibit towards our body? Um, and this can, you know, there's tons in that that can be unpacked, you know, negative thought, belittling ourselves, not making choices to support our body and its needs and its health. Um, because if you're not incorporating your body and building the relationship, then when you, what did I put in here? I'm trying to read. It's not going to like when we're like re-triggering ourselves through simply just journaling, bringing up a memory and then closing the book and not really doing anything with it or to help our body get back to a co like a re-regulated state. Um, and I mentioned this at the end, but I'm just going to mention it now. And many of us think that we should just skip right to the mind. And that also doesn't work either because, like I said, trauma is stored in the body. And so we heal it in the body, in the feelings, in the emotions. We cannot heal trauma through logically understanding it. We can understand and make it a little easier, but we never, you know, like a common example of this is like, a lot of clients, including myself, we had a trauma happen to us from our parents. And so we hold a lot of anger and resentment around that towards ourselves or towards our parents. And as we get older, we learn about our parents and what they were going through as people. Because when we're kids, we're like, our parents are like magical beings or something to us. Then we learn, oh, our parents are people. And actually, they were going through a lot of traumas and their childhood was really bad. And we couldn't see that but now we see that and so then logically our brain then tells us like okay well if they hurt you but they were also hurting then you should just like give them a break that was hard for them to go through and the problem with that is in the process of forgiving our parent because of what they were going through we are completely just swiping our own emotions off of the table and not even acknowledging them and saying like, wait, but I still have feelings about this and I, they're still valid and they still need to be dealt with. And instead we're trying to skip past that part and go straight to like, yeah, it should be fine. It's okay. I forgive them. But our body is still holding on to the anger and the resentment and all the feelings. So we can't skip past that. Um, we can't like speeding through and just understanding things logically. We need to make sure we're going at the pace that our body needs and that we can sustain and feels good for us and giving ourselves breaks in between doing all of this because um, you don't want to always be healing because then you're not experiencing the fruit of your labor or experiencing just being a human. Um, and you can't just do the stuff in the mind because you have to start with the body and then the mind, you can reprogram the mind or retrain the mind and it will kind of like catch up. You can't really do the reverse of that. You can't just start with an affirmation and then like tell your body like, hey, get it in gear, figure it out. Like your body can't just be like, sure, I read this, you know, sentence on social media. So now let me just like, okay, all your trauma around that is gone. It just it just can't work that way. I wish it did. Um. So, yes, step five is to address and validate what happened and what your body or your inner child, et cetera, what part of you um, needs, to needs to move to the next point 
um, and then give them that in real life or in spirit. So this is the work that I help clients with the most, right, is that process because step five is a little bit vague because it's different for everybody depending upon what your trauma is, what you're trying to bring in, what you're experiences, where you're at, um, how much you need, how little you need. It's different for everybody. And that's why learning and having someone to support us and having new coping mechanisms, all that stuff is important because it's different for everybody. It's different every single time too, right? It's not this one formula that we can just do. But I will say the most common thing that people need when it comes to their trauma from working with my clients is validation and permission. Because generally, a lot of the parts of ourselves know what we need. We just need that comfortability and that space to feel like we can speak up, the empowerment. And then we need to be validated when we do speak up, saying like, yes, you were right. Yes, this thing that you experienced is true. You don't need to belittle yourself. Um, That feeling that you got, it was wrong. Like what that person did to you, despite what they told you, like that kind of validation. So our body generally knows what it needs, and the more we can build relationship with it, the more we can ask it and get those, hear those answers, feel those answers, see those answers, however your intuition works, um, to give ourselves what we need. And so that can be things in real life, like I need to leave the space that I'm in because I don't feel comfortable here with this person. Or a lot of the time it can be you know, in spirit, our inner child would like to have different parents. So we can give them different parents in spirit. And it can be a mix, right, of those things. It can be both. So um, hopefully that's enough, like, kind of description. (laughs) Um, It really is kind of case by case for step five. So step six, I will say a lot of people get maybe to step two, maybe even step three, if you get all the way to step five, that's amazing, right? Like on your own. Um, A lot of people then will just, okay, I did the thing and I asked what they needed, but we're not acknowledging that our body is still very much so present in this process, very much so leading this process for us. So now we need to go into aftercare, right? And even if you can't do step four and five on your own, like giving yourself what you need. If you are going to be journaling, just journaling on your own, because that's what you have the capacity for right now, do step six and all the other steps after. Because if we're bringing up in a um, a triggering memory and then we just like close our book and we're like, now I have to go take care of my family or something, your body is all re-triggered and unregulated and, and all this stuff. And it's like, uh, what? Oh like then you're going to be all out of whack for a long time. So aftercare, step six is aftercare. Um, This can be educating yourself on nervous system regulation tools. So there's like breathing techniques, there's um, EFT tapping, there's grounding, um, you know, whatever personally, you know, things for ourselves are very safe or calming, right? Like people will say like splash water on your face or drink a warm water, warm tea, um, going in a warm bath, taking a shower. Like there's tons of different things um, that you can do for nervous system regulation. Um, 
for the people who are watching, you can do like if you don't know EFT tapping, you're not like what, working with a practitioner or something, you can just simply tap on your chest like this throughout the whole time that you're doing your session. And this is like a way to keep your nervous system present in the moment so it can help to process the stuff a little quicker, a little easier um, and help you move through it. Um, you don't you in if you work with a tapping or EFT practitioner, they'll do more than just this, but just this is like perfect if you're doing it on your own. Um, and you can do different breathing techniques. So if you breathe, uh, if you exhale longer than your inhale, that's also nervous system regulation. So like four counts in your nose, five counts out of your mouth. Um, and then there's this other thing with also, if you're watching, you can see me pointing to it. Um, if that type of inhale, exhale, that really long ones feels too much that used to feel like really intense, my body would literally like harden and I couldn't take a full breath because I was having really bad like reactions. Um, when people were like, now breathe in deep and calm. And my body was like, ah, what does that mean? What do you mean? Um, so you can do these like they're called like shallow breaths where you just breathe from the bottom of your nose to the bridge of your nose and that's it. And you can do it at your own pace. And that's also a nervous system regulation tool. Again, you can Google, there's bajillion of them, I'm sure, um, available. So at the end of every session, you should be thinking about aftercare. Like what can I do to help my body to re-regulate, to get back to a normal state of being? Um, and usually I'll tell clients, like if we're doing any kind of work together, drinking extra water to help flush out all the stuff that was brought up to rehydrate your body because energy work is like intense on your body, like as if you're working out. Take it easy if you can, like don't schedule a session or work, do something like right before you have to go to an eight hour shift of work, right? Like these are ways to set yourself up for aftercare. Um, there was something else that I wanted to say around this. Um, aftercare, um, regulating. Mm. Oh, and acknowledging too, there's not a lot of studies done on this, but there is. I work with somebody called L. Ingalls. Uh, she talks about like how when we have adrenaline in our body, a fight or flight response is triggered. It if we don't like, she teaches this tool to help you like trick your body into not having the fight or flight be triggered but if you're doing this kind of work it's going to come up you're going to have like adrenaline or something stuck in your body recognizing that depending upon if you're born into a female or a male body that adrenaline and the um hormones that come with it like cortisol and things like that will stay in your body for x amount of time so for male bodied people it's only nine hours and i think for female body people it's like 24 hours so recognizing that these things can still be in your body and to be gentle on yourself, right? And her whole thing, Elle Ingalls, is like that most female body people go their whole life being continuously triggered because if you can go a full 24 hours without being triggered by something else, that's amazing, right? Like walking on the street and having a, a man call you, you know, like cat call you, oh, immediately triggered. Then you go home and you look at your bank account, immediately triggered again, right? Like, so it's crazy. But anyways, um, that's like another episode. Uh, maybe I'll bring Elle on to talk about that. But um, yeah, and or if you're working with a practitioner, ask them, can you help me re-regulate if they don't already offer it? I usually will ask clients at the end of the session, like, how are you feeling? Like, 
how's your body feeling? They're like, okay, pretty intense. Okay, let's do like a re-regulation technique. Let's, I'll guide them through meditation to help them calm down using these regulation techniques. Um, there might be guided meditations on YouTube for this too. Just thinking about that. <laughs> Number seven is a plan of action, right? So now that we're through with everything and we're not in it, we can create a plan of action for what we're going to be moving forward with. Now that we've expressed ourselves, we've heard what we need. Now we can take that into forward action. Um, what did your body ask for that it needed? What did your inner child ask for that it needed? How are you going to take those steps to do that? What new information was revealed to you about the patterns that you were doing um, in your like funeral that you did for yourself? And how can you swap to that adult nurturer role to create this plan to support yourself, right? So many of us are like, okay, I saw what I needed and I moved through the stuff and okay, now I'm just going to go back to doing what I would normally do, right? So making sure we're setting ourselves up for success by like saying like, I'm going to continuously be like how P the fairy was talking about last week. Like every day you wake up, ask yourself, what what version am I going to embody today? That's like continuously asking yourself, am I choosing to uphold the old or the new, right? Um, that could be a plan. Um, part of the plan could be like, what happens when this flares up? Because with trauma, one and done is usually not the case. You can't do one session and be completely healed from a, a trauma um, unless it's like a very minor one um, or if you've been doing it for years and you're really good at it. So it's like when this flares up in real time, what plan am I going to create to support myself so that I can move through it or have support, right? Um, what happens if I find myself starting to slip back into my old ways? What's my plan for this? So creating a plan is going to be really beneficial. Um, that's also why practitioners are really working with them is really great because we can feel exhausted after doing this whole thing by ourselves. And then now we have to come up with a plan. Like, that's crazy. So a practitioner, like I know I will usually tap in psychically for clients and say like, okay, this is what's coming up for you. Like, make sure you're doing this, try and do this and do that. Right. And making sure that the plan is not too taxing or overwhelming. We don't want you to be like doing a 75 step plan. That's you're just never going to do that at that point. Um, and step eight is to acknowledge your progress. So a lot of us forget to do this or we don't feel or see the progress because we're experiencing it incrementally in real time. So it can be really easy to slip back into these old patterns because we feel like Ugh, nothing has changed. Like, why would I move forward? Or I'm still here and our mind can be stuck in that or our body can feel like I'm still here. So the more we intentionally and actively choose to acknowledge, wow, I made progress. Wow, I acted a little bit differently in that situ situation or scenario. Oh my gosh, I took 30 minutes to do this whole like journaling thing for myself or I booked a session to work with somebody, right? Um, then you're kind of like, retraining your brain this is where earlier i was saying like you have to do your body first and then your brain catches up this is that part where it's like the plan and the acknowledgement is where you're retraining your brain to say i am moving forward i am going to take this forward right like that affirmation now is where you would do the affirmation not skipping all the way to state step eight <laughs> and starting with an affirmation so now you would say like, now that I went through everything, what is a phrase or something that I can take from this experience 
that will help me to remember my plan of action, that will help me to acknowledge that I'm making progress. And I will look at it, you know, every day to remind myself that I'm now in this new reality or that I'm choosing to be in this new reality or whatever, you know, best supports yourself and your frame of thinking and stuff. Um, But that's where we'll be showing our brain over and over. We're choosing, me and my body are choosing, you know, this new paradigm over this old paradigm. So can you kindly please get on board with this? (laughs) Um, Obviously my Aries moon is like, can you just get it together? Um, So yeah. Um, right. Making sure that I didn't. Yeah. So your brain can catch up a little bit easier. It's used to learning more new things and you can kind of, I don't know if everybody works like this, but I do this where I just kind of, am like, make sure you can remember this, like put this, commit this to memory and I'll keep reminding myself over, I guess I'm really good at memorizing things. So probably not everybody is like this, but anyways, that's what I do for some things I'm like, remember, like when this comes up again, that you're not doing that anymore, that this is where your new thing is, you're choosing to do this, make sure to remember to do this. Um, Easier said than done, right? But that's why if we start with the body, it actually is easier. um, Once we get to the mind. So yeah, that's all the notes I have. I was just like thinking if I was thinking about like how society teaches us the complete opposite and how it's ridiculous. But that's all the um, stuff that I wrote. So hopefully this helps you. This idea of actually alchemizing our shadow work or integrating our shadow work. Um, If you have any questions around this, feel free to DM me. Um, I think you can submit on like Spotify or if you go on the Anchor app, you can submit questions to the podcast, even like voice questions, which I kind of want to do like an episode where it's just like people's questions. So if you want to do that, that'd be awesome. Um, or you can just like comment on any of the Instagram posts that I'll post about this episode throughout this coming up week. And yeah, remember the Patreon if you want the cool merch and things like that, a handwritten letter from me, a correspondence from me. Um, I would greatly appreciate that. You know, this um, this is a little bit more sustainable for me, this Patreon tier. And it also helps me because recording with guests, editing, creating graphics, recording my own episodes, like that takes a lot of time. So greatly appreciated. The more um, you want to support, the more you can. Amazing. If you can't financially support, please leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, you can leave reviews, Um, spread the word, like share, you know, the graphics on Instagram to your friends on your story, tell your friends about it. That's like, the the best way for podcasts to grow because if you have like oh I know this person and they recommended this to me that's gonna be like okay I'll try it out right so um whatever you can do to help support us it would be amazing and yes until next time bye everyone thank you for listening to witchy and weird pod if you want to stay up to date on all the latest and greatest follow us on the socials under witchy and weird pod and if you want to stay in contact with our host amanda follow them on ig under amanda sakratov intuitive and twitter and tiktok under amanda sakratov and if you love witchy and weird pod and want to support all that we do become a patron and get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on merch bonus content and woo woo experiences 
As usual, everything is linked in the show notes. Bye!